We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out bluewirepods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. Hello and welcome to the Esports Biz Show. I'm your host, Justin Jacobson. This week we'll be discussing esports journalists and media. Just a disclaimer, nothing here is intended as legal advice, as all the information is for educational purposes only. This week's guest is Jeff Garcia. Jeff is a sports and esports reporter and media member. Jeff is a digital journalist at News 4 San Antonio and Fox 29 for the San Antonio Spurs. He also hosts the Locked On Spurs podcast. Most recently, he began acting as an NBA 2K League writer. Jeff, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Justin. I appreciate the invite. My pleasure. I'm glad that we got to get on this and talk a little bit. Oh, for sure, man. I'm looking forward to it. And yeah, it, you, I think you're the first one to actually interview me about how <laughs> I got involved in this. Well, you know, it, it's nice to turn the mic around and you know, is, be yeah. the, answer some questions about yourself. <laughs> well, um, the thing about it, too, is that the 2K League, uh, I know you're going to be this in a while, but it really opened my eyes and I think a lot of people should really give it a chance because I, in my experience, it's, it's still not being enjoyed thoroughly the way it should be. Okay. So yeah, we're going to get into the 2k league a little bit more in a couple minutes, but to briefly introduce the topic, we're exploring esports press and mm-hmm. journalists, similar to other areas of public interest, esports and competitive gaming have its own dedicated press and media outlets. Some of these are independently created ones, such as Esports Insider, and others are part of larger entertainment companies, such as 
ESPN has their own esports division. Mm-hmm. Washington Post created the Launcher, which is their own dedicated gaming publication. Um, some of these press outlets are game specific, like they only cover CS:GO or Overwatch, and other kind of cover all the games, all the competitive scene. Generally, most of these sites post news stories, you know, player edge, drops, trades, any sponsorship activations, any team investments. And a lot of it is competition recaps and previews where the reporter, Mm -hmm. you know, makes predictions or recaps Mm -hmm. what happened over the weekend. And then you have personality driven content, interviews and content just the base around the gamer themselves. So in addition, as Jeff was starting to mention, the NBA 2K League is a very interesting esports um, case study, let's say. What this is, it's a franchise league formed by Take-Two, which is the developer of NBA 2K, and the NBA itself, which is unique because this is the first major sports organization that is you know, running and operating a franchise league. The other franchises, such as the Overwatch League and Call of Duty, are just operated by the game developer themselves and don't have you know, an NBA or an NFL partner running it. So it's now in the, se- the third season of the 2K League. It initially started with 17 teams and has expanded further since. And this upcoming season, they'll actually be having the Shanghai team, which is operated by esports organization Gen G. So for those that aren't familiar, this is, you know, a live five-on-five game where each p- competitor controls a different person. One person is the point guard, one person is the center, and they compete live against another team. And all of these players are, you know, treated similar to professional NBA players where they're housed mm-hmm. in market. You know, if you're on the Miami Heat, you live in Miami and fly into New York or Orlando or Vegas, wherever the competition is, mm-hmm. and then you go back home. Um, they all make about 35000 base plus, you know, prize money, which for the champions last year was another thirty-five k. They also get health insurance, dental, vision, mm-hmm. and, you know, a 401k. So these 2K professionals are treated pretty similar to, you know, NBA professionals in the kind of facilities they have access to and the kind of perks that they get. So now that we know a little bit more about esports media, Jeff, tell us a little about your previous sports and esports experience. Well, um, my previous esports experience was zero. I didn't have any uh, esports experience prior to the last season, which was season two of uh, the NBA 2K League. I came into this diving heads first. I recall many of the players, uh, some of the NBA 2K League staff telling me, whoa, you really dove head first and took a header. I said, (laughs) yes, I did. Uh, My initial steps were very rusty. I I didn't know what was going on. The, The the vernacular, the slang, the terms of art uh, was brand new to me. And I had to lean on the players. I had to lean on the NBA 2K League PR, uh, people like yourself, and the personalities around the 2K League to help me get through it. And it didn't take me till I would say maybe the championship game to finally have an idea of what is going on. And look, even though I'm going to be heading to season two, well, season three, which would be season two for me, 
um, I, there's still a learning curve. I'm, I'm still learning new things. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, prior to our discussion, I visited the Nets Gaming for their media day, still asking questions about the game itself. But my prior uh, sports reporting is built around the NBA, specifically the uh, San Antonio Spurs. Um, born and raised in San Antonio, I've been covering the Spurs since approximately 2004, 2005. Okay, so when and they were really good. When they were really good, yes. Uh, this season aside, um, I was with the team when they were at their peak, uh, that being the big three, uh, Duncan, Manu, and uh, Tony Parker, and Popovich winning titles, winning championships, uh, celebrating a title with them in the locker room. Uh, but it's been beyond that, you know, the game in, game out stuff. Um, the NBA uh, finals, whether the Spurs are not involved, you know, I've covered those events, uh, mm-hmm. all-star games, um, different events in and out of uh, New York City and even non-Spurs games. As a matter of fact, I went to cover a Celtics-Houston game recently in Boston and um, that's an experience. Um, So mainly my sports uh, journalism is uh, NBA-based heavy San Antonio Spurs but now as esports is starting to see a rise, I wanted to dive into that at first, as I mentioned, because I know that's the next phase coming. I know esports is on the rise. I know eventually it'll become bigger than what it is now. So I wanted to get a fresh start, a head start. And so far, I've been liking it. And my eyes have really opened up to see what exactly a professional esports league is all about. And uh, needless to say, I'm impressed. So that kind of goes to the next question. So what brought you to the 2K week? You know, ready for this curiosity. I was just curious. Um, Do you play 2K? Uh, back in my day, I used to. Um, not anymore. Um, hmm. My ga- my gaming days are long gone. But at the heart and the core of me is still that kid that remembers playing a uh, 2K. Um, and how it started was season one when it first got off the um, the ground. I actually applied for credentials, and the NBA uh, 2K League told me no. Uh, I got denied. And then so I kind of said whatever, no big deal. Um, season two came along, tried it again. But what spiced it up a bit more was that it hit me that the arena is just a few stops away from me in, in Queens. Um, now, season three, that's no longer there. But at least for uh, season two, I said, hey, wait a minute. This league is right down the street from me. It's on my way from work. Why not go check it out? I, Justin, I didn't really intend to cover each and every game or every day and get in deep the way I did in season two. I just thought I'd go in once in a while and check it out. Or if it's, if I have a chance to check it out, no, I think I fell in love with it after that first week, sitting in the arena, watching the kids play, talking to them afterwards, talking to uh, the uh, managing director, uh, Donahue. And then I said, wait a minute, this is, this is not just a bunch of kids playing video games whatsoever there's more to this and i tell everybody and you've heard this before justin go to a 2k league game in person and that'll change your mind and that's what it did for me i got to know the kids i got to know the players the coaches slowly but surely i say you know what there are stories here that could be developed and that's what i do look i'm not going to sit here and say i'm an x's and o guy and i can't look at a controller or the or thing and say hey they're running this play and this is this and that that i'm not there yet but i use my strength and that is storytelling from a personal view and i think that's what i've injected uh into the 2k league since season two 
So how has it been really interacting with these gamers? I know you're more used to interacting with professional athletes. (laughs) Uh, First of all, I have to realize I'm old enough to be almost their father. (laughs) You're not that Um, old. (laughs) Some of them are very, very young. Um, But um, 18 is the the age to join the league. So there are definitely some 18 and 19 year olds in the league. Yeah. And I think the first thing I had to realize was that they're not. 25 on up and not 30 years on up that you know they're still they're still kids and uh, they're young adults or young men and, and women and the first thing my lesson was I can't approach it the way I can at an NBA game I can't just dive head first into it I can't just be hey NBA 2k league player you just lost what happened you know I had to take a more of a, a slow approach and then Eventually, I did get to that point where I could just dive into it. But I think initially I had to take a, a softer approach because, first of all, they didn't know me. Uh, many of them didn't know why I was there. They didn't understand why I was there. The coaches didn't understand why I was there. Um, and I think I had to have a warming up period. And I took advantage of that for at least a good two months. Um, now it's old hat. You know, yeah, I went to the uh, 2020 2K League draft and the players there already knew me and they were like, hey, you know, good to see you again. And they're very open to talking to me. But I think that was my first instance that these are not just they're, they're younger. They're a lot younger than me. They're you mentioned 18, 19. And I had to realize that I had to form my questions differently. Um, I had to just work with them um i had to let i had to sometimes i have to tell them ahead of time what i'm going to ask you so they'll feel more comfortable with me mm-hmm. and unlike an nba game uh post or pre you just sit there you can be just the guy who just got their fresh credential that same day never seen it you could just dive and hit them with it um i couldn't do that and i wanted them to develop trust with me and I think that's the first thing I did in my first two, three months with the 2K League players and teams and coaches is build up trust. Like start off with some softball questions, start off with some softball stories, um, some fun stories. And then eventually as the season went on, then became more serious uh, from uh, Celtics players um, about his weight loss. I think that was a, to me, I thought that was a sensitive topic, but I couldn't ask that right away when I first joined mm-hmm. and covering. I, I took that towards the end of the season. Um, uh, one player from also Celtics gaming, uh, growing up in a single mother with a single mom and just having uh, what that was life about. Those were the stories that I wanted because anybody can get X's and O's. You just got to go to the 2K League website and then sure. there they are. But they can't give them the real story of these players. But if I was going to do that, I had to build up trust first. And I think next season I can just be that reporter now that I am with the NBA and just dive into things because these guys know me and they know I'm not going to make them look bad. So, like, what kind of similarities do you find interacting between these gamers and the professionals? Huh. Well, the similarities of this, uh, they take losses hard. And I think the losses are felt more on the 2K League side than the NBA side. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NBA side is an 82-season grind. Um, there's another game, and there's always that. With the 2K League, every win and loss um, impacts them. Uh-huh. But especially with losses, I see the players really get dejected. I mean, more so than the professionals. Um, in my initial steps into this, I didn't realize that the norm is that the losing team does not talk to the media afterwards mm-hmm. um, unless by special request. And so initially I just assumed that, Hey, you know, the losing team's going to talk. So no big deal. We'll get their thoughts. 
but when I when I got shot down a few times by the 2K VPR, uh, so you can't do that unless they get special permission. Now, then a few guys gave me uh, some permission to talk to them. You can really see how much a loss impacts them. If I talk to an NBA player after a loss, they're they're upset. Yes, I'm not saying they're not taking it bad, but they're more apt to rebound faster. Uh-huh. Um, I notice that these uh, these guys tend to not to do that as quick, and it really takes a win or something positive for happen for them to really snap out of it and then be, uh, you know, uh, as jovial as they were prior to a loss. Yeah, I think that, you know, kind of building on that point, you, they take it really hard and, you know, yeah, they they're do. just not used to losing. Like, mm-hmm. think about it, like, at this level of gamer, you kill everyone you play usually. Like, mm-hmm. you're at the top of the top, whereas, mm-hmm. you know, NBA and other professional sports, you win, you lose. Like, you know, you mm-hmm. win every single game you play. Right. You play basketball through high school and middle school and little mm-hmm. league. And, you know, nobody goes undefeated forever. Right. You know, so you kind of understand, okay, you're going to win, you're going to lose. And like you said, you're going to be able to move on from it. And, mm-hmm. you know, that comes with time and experience. Yeah. You know, I'm sure that the kids from season one that are in it by season three will probably feel a certain way about losing and be like, okay, mm-hmm. like we did everything could be prepared, but like X, Y, and Z didn't happen. So the next time we play that, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And you're ready kind of looking to the next game, you know, yeah. being able to kind of understand, okay, this is the business. Like, yeah, I want to win because I want to mm-hmm. win. But like, you know, the world isn't over. If you right. So what's your favorite part of the job, you know, interacting with these professionals? My favorite part of the job is actually – one, feeling young again, um, being able to uh, understand the younger generation better, being able to see through their eyes, uh, you know, the world in a different way that I didn't see when I was growing up or when I was their age. And um, this just their energy, um, their liveliness, uh, their celebration, their passion, uh, just to see that type of determination in the younger generation, I think I really enjoy that uh, when T-Wolves Gaming is celebrating their birth in the championship game, to see them so happy. And that, to me, that was a rewarding moment during the season. Um, just even to stuff off the court, like seeing um, T-Wolves Gaming's uh, Nacho uh, trainer, um, from him from moving from six man to now working behind the scenes with the new team Hornets uh, Venom Gaming to see their growth. And I think I really enjoyed that. And two, just seeing them, even when I don't even interview them, I'm just walking into the studio and they'll recognize me and, and they'll say, hey, Jeff, we're going to talk today. That type of vibe I, I really enjoy because they're seeking out. Um, me when it used to be the other way around where I would seek them out and now they're looking for I mean another example today a Nets gaming um, personnel came up to me afterwards and media session said hey you didn't talk to me (laughs) Um, uh, even um, a Nets player um, shuttles there we go Mm -hmm. Uh, I met up with him and I asked him, I go, hey, I don't think we spoke last season. And he said, no, we didn't. He remembered that. He said, no, we didn't. I'm hoping to talk to you this season. So to see not only their growth on and off the the virtual court, and then to see them grow with me to say, like, okay, he's one of us now. Um, He's a part of us. And I think one of the bigger compliments I got was – I think it was last – towards the end of last season, not during the offseason. No, I'm sorry. It was during the – the expansion draft where the managing director, Brendan Donahue, um, 
sat down with me for a one-on-one and I jokingly, I said, okay, Brennan, you know, I've known you for a long time. I don't think we can skip the formalities. And then he's, he laughs and he says, yeah, he goes, you're already one of us. You're a part of the family. You're a friend of the family that I was not getting that vibe to start the season <laughs> to see it now. Um, that's also refreshing too. So I think it's more so than just the typing and putting together the stories. Cause that's the work. It's the ancillary things that I like the more family community feel that I've received and I've witnessed uh, throughout at least through one season covering the 2k league well yeah i mean that that's what's i think really nice mm-hmm. about esports in general and the gaming community right. is that you know you're not filling 50,000 100,000 arenas every single right. night 50 you know 56 games a year whatever it is mm-hmm. you have a lot more personal connection with the media the host mm-hmm. the players the fans right. like there's just a lot less barriers between you in general that there is and look that media session uh, post game for the winners there's no you know podium there's no bleacher seating for the media we're there with them we're interacting with them it's just arm's length and you you get to absorb that uh, more so than you can at an nba game pre and post because of especially if it's post they'll either put you in seats away from a podium or a desk and they walk in, they walk out. This one, you can linger a bit. You can talk to them. Even the coaches, they'll be off to the side as the players are getting interviewed. You can talk with them. It's really advantageous uh, for anybody looking to get into the 2K League to at least cover a game. Because that's how you're going to build your relationships with these players and coaches. And beyond that, even 2K League staff, um, the draft, the 2020 draft, you know, you know um, just to see them react like, Hey, you're here, you know, <laughs> like great, you know, you can help us cover it, you know? So all in all, it's been a rewarding experience. And I really think that this esports in general, um, could use more storytelling versus X's and O's, uh, type of stories. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to esports to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online, your online wagering solution. You know, another facet to reporting is how do you handle when a player or another individual kind of criticizes, you know, your article or commentary and the Twitter world comes back? And- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, fortunately, I have not experienced that with the 2K League. Um, I'm usually, you know, I'll let the players or coaches uh, feel a little bit more in control, too. I'll tell them, hey, if there's a question you don't like or feel uncomfortable with, let me know. And I think when you do that, it makes them have to talk to you a little bit more uh, to let you make them feel part of the process. On the NBA side, that's a totally different story. Now, I've gotten, you know, critique from teams in the league, like, what is going on here? You know, what are you doing? Can't you be more positive? Um that happens. How do you um, handle that? Uh, you know what? Um, all I tell them is that moving forward, I'll just be more mindful. And that's all you can really do. Because if an NBA team is playing horrifically, y- there's only certain ways you can, you know, make Say that, that without good. being yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. So what you have to do, you have to either be diplomatic about it. And the way you do that is just present hard facts or in this case, stats. So, well, you know, we'll take the team that I cover the, the most, which is the Spurs. They're not having a good season this year. They're not. And one thing there are is a liability on defense. Uh, there's huge defensive issues. So when you call them out, you you can't just simply call them out. You got to bring up hard facts. Look, they're ranked at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to defense in the NBA. So that's how you handle it. You just say, hey, I presented facts. I'll try to be more mindful moving forward. And you leave it at that because there comes a point where a team cannot control the media. And then, then they're treading to really dark waters if we go down that path. Interesting. So how is it to interview players before a game versus after? Is there any difference in your approach? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, actually, no. I don't really take a different approach. I, I kind of keep it the same way because, especially with the 2K League, I'm not really there for, okay, it's Nets gaming versus Knicks gaming, and let's talk about the matchups. You know, it, Mine is getting more storytelling. I want to know the person. Um, once in a while, I'll dabble into the X's and O's. I think the closest I did last season was with um, – T-Wolves gaming uh, individual. He had a phenomenal night uh, scoring at will practically. And that one forced me to have to talk about stats. Like, how did you do it? What did you do? More of the X's and O's. But for the most part, uh, like, for example, um, Steez uh, for Sixers uh, gaming, you know, to find out that he was actually a financial advisor yeah. uh, in his previous life. And to me, that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. You, you risk it all. You have yourself a cushy job. Like yeah, that. he's 25 years old, had a job he's, out in California. Yeah. yeah. And he's one of the well older, you know, yep. players. And to me, that's fascinating. So pregame, I'm either talking to him about that or trying to get information about that or postgame, then I just go at it, you know, let's talk about it. But so, I, I know there's other outlets out there that handle the X's and O's and look, I'll never get to that point. But one of my strengths is that I bring is from the NBA coverage is storytelling. And I think the NBA 2K League lacks that. You know, their website, they're, they're now getting better at it. I'm starting to see it more about the player versus what they do on that seat in the, in the arena. But prior to me going there, it was mainly just these are the stats. This is what so and so is doing. Uh, yay, you know, they scored 100 points. I'm making that up. And the last person to do that was last year in season one who scored 101. But this year, you're starting to see, I'm starting to notice a trend towards more of the individual. And um, hopefully, I can help in that storytelling uh, for season three. So, what similarities do you see between, you know, reporting on esports and traditional sports? Similarities. Um, well, I kind of hit on one, uh, how players take the losses uh, very difficult. So there, there, there's one right there. Another similarity is that sports is sports no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't matter if you're on a tennis court, a basketball court, a soccer field, a football field, or a virtual court, um, as we see in the uh, 2K League, um, or just in esports in general, you know, playing COD or Fortnite, you know, sports is sports. There is still a level of competition, mm-hmm. and that level of competition brings out the best of players. And now I know, you know, my strength in this situation is 2K League, but when I saw players jaw at each other in person, it's like, okay, this is real. Like, this is not just, 
you know, some kid behind a headset who lives in Ohio talking to some kid who lives in Texas. They're right in front of each other and they got to really keep their composure. They really got to not hit below the belt because sparks could fly. And not many people know this, but there's actually, for lack of a better term, a ref. There's a guy who moderates the game and you see him go up to players like cool it, bring it down a notch. To see that level of competition, um, I think that's the biggest similarity. It's just it doesn't matter what court field, playing field you're on. The, if people want to win and they'll do whatever they can on the court legally <laughs> to to get that W. Yeah, you know, I think that, you know, kind of the example of the passion is, you know, last season there was kind of a melee. I don't know if we'll call it a fight. Yeah, I would call yeah. it a, a yeah, little bit of a shoving, anger flying. Yeah. But it was based yeah. on, like, the passion and, like you said, yeah. people handling the pressure and the composure and being able to handle the trash talking with a guy five feet from you. you know? Yeah, and, and, and that's the biggest thing uh, that I've taken away. Just these are kids and, you know, how they can handle that the trash. Because the trash talk can push the line. I've seen it. I've heard it. Uh, I, I can it. give out technicals and give out warnings yes. and such. Yeah, exactly. And – you know, I think my first experience of seeing that trash talk live was whew, like, whoa, I probably would have lost a fuse by then, you know, by hearing what I heard, you know, um, them. I think the big one was baited, baited. Apparently, that's like a big thing. Uh, yeah, like saying, bait, bait, we caught you. Yeah, you're bait, we caught you. And, you know, but it, it, the incessant, the, just how much it just hits them. The players, you can see them kind of slump on their desk, their chair, excuse me, and uh, realize like, okay, I'm getting trash talked. Or the worst is when you're not a trash talker, and I've seen this, and the teams know that, and they'll go at that player who doesn't <laughs> talk. I've seen that. And I'm like, how is that kid going to handle that pressure? Mm-hmm. All in all, they, they do a good job. Um, I'm very impressed with them being able to be composed as much as they can during games. Yeah, you know, there really hasn't been any, like, real lashing out. Like, exactly. anyone that had to be, like, removed from, exactly. like, the game. Like, like you're out of control. Like, you, you can't do this. So No, no, no. There's never been like that. And even that dust-up, uh, I think it was the Hawks and Celtics players, I think they got a dust-up. And even then, it wasn't as bad. And all the um, the, the sites, the outlets that did report on it, hmm. you know, weren't there to really see that. It was just a quick shove. It lasted, what, seconds at yeah. most? And it was over, so it was embellished. And I get it; they they gotta sell their papers, they gotta sell their clicks. Barstool sports, so you it's, know. Yeah, yeah, they gotta do what they gotta do. But um, at the end of the day, my experience with the players, with the staff, with the higher ups, with the, with the managing director, with team GMs and coaches has been all in all well. And I I, I think season two for me, season three for the league. Um, will be a totally different um, experience for me. And I, I think they're going to – I feel the players are going to be a little bit more welcoming. Well, I think they already are welcoming right now, so there's no doubt about that. They're very welcoming. I think it's going to spike more for me as far as them saying, hey, it's okay. You can talk to Jeff, rookies. He's not going to do you wrong. Hmm. I think the, the biggest example was, again, Nets game. I'm using Nets gaming because that's the only media day that I went to. But the Nets Gaming PR was okay with me just doing individual interviews by myself. Mm-hmm. At the NBA, NBA 2K League uh, games, they have somebody there hovering over you to listen in to make sure you're not asking weird questions. Hmm. But um, all in all, I, I expect um, better things from the players as far as reception-wise and the teams. 
uh, when I do talk to them next season. So to kind of bring it all together, what are some hurdles that you've been encountering in esports? Yes, yes, I'm glad you bring that up. I think the first hurdle is um, was already been accomplished, which was getting the players and teams to accept me. So I think check that hurdle's been uh, crossed over. Second one was having the managing directors and Brinsky Brenda Donahue or, or you know team GMs and PR staffs to know who I am. And that came to a culmination this off season when I was able to talk to Brendan by myself and then meet the individual team uh, PR uh, staff at the draft. And they say, oh, it's you. It's you. Mm-hmm. You're him. You know, because I, I can't go to Hawks games and in, in Hawk gaming facilities in Atlanta. I can't go to, you know, T-Wolves gaming or Charlotte or Venom. I mean, I can't. But when, at an event like that to see them, hey, you're him. OK, great. That's been a big hurdle. So I'm glad there was an event like that to really bridge that gap. The third hurdle has been more of outlets accepting that I do produce eSports, in this case, 2K League content, because you, you know, they, they see me as the NBA guy and I get it. I get it. That that's my, that's my main thing. So I, at this point, I figure myself. Yeah. That's but, what you came to the, yeah, yeah. Know, the exactly. dance with. Yeah. So I think right now it's them getting beyond that stigma of Jeff, just an, just an NBA guy. Um, you know, that's it. No, I, I can do 2K League. I can produce quality 2K League content. And I think too, just having, you know, teams in general just feel more comfortable with me i think um that has been a hurdle because uh you know it was let's put it this way i'm not going to name names or or name team but there have been some teams that have been a little bit resistant with me um last season now i chalked that up just for me being the new guy on the block yeah you know and um hopefully that'll get better next season i think another hurdle too is just teams utilizing me or the league utilizing me more and i still think that's gonna come down the road uh but with me being based in new york city uh, and the league being based in new york city and two franchises based in new york city and a couple on the outskirts that's not too far i I think that's been a hurdle you know just the the underutilization of the content i provide and but i think that'll change yeah you know I, i think that as you mentioned it's really growing pains for everyone. Like some of the PR people, this may be their first, you know, PR Mm -hmm. outlet or, you know, I know when I've dealt with some of the NBA teams, 2K, we, it's the major teams PR. So like while Mm -hmm. the 76ers game is important, the 76ers PR is a lot more important Mm -hmm. to her. And, you know, so it's just being able to understand that like, yes, you know, the Sacramento Kings, we want to interview your player for Kingsguard gaming. But if it's the same PR company handling both or the same PR rep, it's there's just only so much bandwidth and i think that as it grows and the outlets grow and the interests grow and the league itself grows Mm -hmm. the you know the nba team start becoming even more familiar with you know the 2k media and Mm -hmm. you know people like yourself i think that the process will just kind of get better yeah and i think that's just the growing pains as you mentioned um you know how do we utilize third-party outlets in this case myself um, you know, I, I, I ran into that last season. Um, again, being the new guy, I didn't really know how much it worked. You know, asking the league, hey, you know, I just did an interview with um, Nick's gaming guy. Can you use that? And I got a little like, well, what? We don't know. We don't know if we can use this, you know. And 
so but i think that's just the feeling out process um and now uh, this past off season i've noticed especially on social media the nba 2k league uh, social media has been a little bit more proactive now in promoting my stuff i noticed that it's been a spike um so that's good to know so i think again I think it was just a girl getting to know me. Who is this guy who just comes out of nowhere in season two there every day until five. I don't know. what I don't know if that just sparked a memory right now, but I don't know if I told you, I think I told you this, Justin, but for your audience, like everything was summed up at the end of the season, the T wolves gaming wins the title. And I believe it was Jojo. I uh, did an interview with him. We're done. And then he looks at me and says, Hey Jeff, because can I ask you a question? I said, sure, what's up? And he goes, how do you do it? I go, what do you mean? He goes, how do you do it? Like, how, how do how do you come into every game, and, but you live in Texas? <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said, Jojo, I go, I don't live in Texas. I go, I'm from Texas. I was born and raised in Texas. And as a matter of fact, I go to Texas a lot, but I live in New York City. I have dual residences. And he just mind blown, like, what? He's like, yeah. He goes, so that's how you're able to do it. So I think what I bring up that story is because many people were confused. They were like, because they see a Texas guy with a Texas media credential living in New York city, but going to these two K league games almost every day, but yet their articles and their interviews show up on a Texas outlet. What's going on here. So I think that was a lot of confusion initially. Awesome. Well, you know, I I like to kind of culminate each interview with my three questions and, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. (laughs) So, so I guess, you know, what's your favorite, you know, video game to watch? My favorite video game to watch. Okay. We'll put 2K League aside because I show non-bias here. Um, I love. um, I was going to give you that one. You could just say 2K. Okay. Well, we'll put that on the list and no particular order. We'll say uh, 2K. Um, I love any type of uh, uh, what, oh my god! I guess how old I am now. Uh, shooting shooter shooter games, uh, first person shooter. There we go. Mm-hmm. Um, I love like your Call of Duties, um, your third person shooters, like your Gears of War. Um, those I love to watch. I can watch that all the time. And then I also like to watch uh, speed runs. Okay. Um, yeah, I love to see how fast these guys can finish Super Mario Brothers, you know, and under X amount of time, or, you know, who can finish Castlevania in X amount of time. I love just seeing the skill involved to speed run through a game and get it done. I think that's pretty awesome. I actually learned all about speed running and that it's you know its own beast within the esports community. Yeah, well, I I went to uh, uh, PAX East in Boston recently, 2020, and they actually had a, a booth dedicated to speed running, and you can try your hand at a speed running uh, one of the classic games because people were doing it and I thought that was very impressive that's awesome so what's your favorite game to play favorite game to play is well I'm old so um Miss Pac-Man I love to play that I, I was looking for that Galaga mm-hmm. um any, any game from the 80s I'm down um and more of a more modern games your God of your God of War okay. um Call of Duties, Halo, that that's ranked right up there for me. Um, I mentioned Gears of War. What else is another good one? Um, and really some obscure games. I, I, don't, I don't know if you remember this, but, but there, back in the 80s, there's a game called Tempest. And it looked like, um, like a grid. And you used to have those little 
I guess, horseshoe-shaped spaceship that'll just circle around, and you got to stop all the aliens from catching up to your screen. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. I used to play. I lost a lot of quarters on that back in the day. Right. And um, but all in all, yo, I, I do enjoy gaming. I'm a bit of an old classic gamer. Um, if I were to sit down on that chair right now, the 2K League studio, I'd, I'd get massacred. You know, it's <laughs> hard. Yeah, the mode they yeah, play is tough. It, it is. It, it really is tough. And nowadays, with all their tech and the terminology, and like, whew, I, go, I don't know what you guys are saying, but it just sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so the last question is: So, who's your favorite video game character? You know, Mario, Yoshi, mm-hmm. Luigi, Pikachu. That is a great question. <laughs> hmm. Favorite video game character? I'd say Master Chief. Okay. Um, uh, oh my god, uh, this is how old I am. Um, the two guys, they were, it was a, it was a pattern. Um, they, they look like Rambo. They look like a Rambo compared uh Like the two ninjas or whatever it is? No, 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 no. Oh, uh, Sonic. I, I do enjoy Sonic. And no, I did not see the movie. So, no, <laughs> yeah, there, there's that. Um, oh my goodness, what is the name of that? Oh, Contra. There we go. Uh, the two characters from Contra. They look like Stallone and Schwarzenegger. Um, and another video game character I like. Um, oh my god, well, I'm a child of the '80s, so that's a lot of my memories are like Link from the Zelda. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. So, all in all, there's been a lot of good Carol Metroid. Samus is another one. So, enjoy them all. Awesome. You know, thank you so much for joining us, Jeff. This was very insightful. Thanks, everybody, again for tuning in. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, JustinJESQ, and check Apple Podcasts for all Paris episodes. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.